Hello and welcome to Board Stupid, the podcast that loves talking tabletop board games, D&D and other awesome stuff. I'm Wayne. I'm Simon. I'm Tom. We're just nerds talking about the things we love that are worth geeking out over. Simon, are you ready? I'm a little confused, but yes. <laughs> Tom, are you ready? Bewildered and scared. <laughs> but no, no, yes, I am ready. <laughs> I'm glad you guys are ready, because it's leg day, boys. And I'm ready to do some heavy lifting as we talk about weight. <laughs> if you guys are ready, let's dive into this week's episode. This week we're talking about complexity in modern board games and what drives that complexity weight. You would have heard it on our We Played episodes many times. We talk about the complexity weight of games. It's one of our key, I suppose, uh, discussion points when we KPIs. talk about games. One of our <laughs> KPIs. You know, work, Tom. <laughs> Stop it. I'm, wa- I'm, I'm waiting for my one-to-one feedback session. <laughs> When they decide to kick me out. <laughs> You're due a quarterly review. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, quite. We'll have to talk about your performance, Thomas. Um, but yeah, we, we talk about it a lot. And in general terms, the weight is basically the complexity, right? Is that, we can agree that's what weight roughly yeah. means when well, we talk what about What it weight. definitely is not is physical weight. Although, True. Although there may be a correlation. <laughs> yeah, I in think. In some instances there is. Definitely yeah. in certain circumstances. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're generally talking about the complexity of board games and why it's relevant. We talk about weight on a one to five scale and it will give you a rough idea of how how heavy a game is, how complex it is, but it's not an exact science. No, it's always going to be subjective. Um, a one person's one or a five is not necessarily going to be the same The same. Uh, ends of the scale as for someone else i'm sure simon will probably echo this but the the games that simon might put at a five wayne and i might not necessarily yeah a, a heavier game will always be a heavier game but it might not be as far up a scale yeah. for you yeah. guys with more experience than it would be for me some person's three might be another person's four you know that sort yeah. of thing and that's part of the criteria isn't it is that your own background experience is weighed against the complexity of the game yeah, exactly that. And so for the purpose of this episode, we're actually going to all provide an example of what we feel best constitutes, or a good example of what constitutes each one of those particular complexity weight ratings. So what's a good level one example? What's a good level two, three, four, five? And we can see how they differ between us. Exactly. Yeah. And hopefully you folks will listen at home and be like, hang on a minute, they're all different. Yeah. Or some of them might be the same, but they're probably going to be different. So on that note then, what do you feel constitutes weight or complexity? Where we talked about our own personal perceptions of weight, what do you feel makes a game weighty or complex? One of the key things for me, I think, is the number of steps that any given player will take in a turn. Yeah. So if you have a thing to do, it'd probably be less complex than if you've got multiple decisions to make on any given turn. I think that's probably a, a fair starting point. The number and type of components... Uh, is probably a good measure. The sort of the combination of mechanics and resource tracking and various different things that are introduced when you have lots of different types of components. 
will add complexity to the game just through sheer additional stuff on the table to try and keep track of. Yeah, it becomes almost like a mass thing, doesn't it? Like a hundred of one type of card, they're all the similar kind of thing, variations on, but five different... Five different decks. Fundamentally different types of action with only 20 of each. That's still a hundred overall, but... Arguably yeah. five yeah, all, times or a factor of five times. Well, they all do harder. different things, so it's different rules for them, right? Yeah. So in different ways that you apply mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. I think whenever you start adding degrees of asymmetry, then I think necessarily yeah. the game starts to get more complex. Yeah, particularly in a learning stage. And I think learning a game and how long it will take you to really get a feel for it will be an indication of the complexity of a game. Mm-hmm. And, and the complexity, as we say, is not necessarily for those who are playing it it could be complexity in teaching the game. And actually that can be a gateway to playing that game. If there's layers upon layers of subtle things which in isolation are fairly simple to understand, when you've got, say, a layer of negotiation on top of something Mm. else... Yeah, any any more esoteric type thing like negotiation where it's not a hard and fast rule that X equals Y, mm. but it's you, you myriad options based on opinion and vocalisation. Yeah, like you, you sort of you, you introduce a social contract element to a yes. game and like you say, it's not necessarily completely defined within the rules, the limits of what you can do. Yeah. It can greatly increase the complexity of the game. Yeah, I think also um, rule exceptions. So I think mm-hmm. the the more rule exceptions a game has, it will tend to be more more weighty. And what I mean by that is, in a lot of, I suppose, games from a level one, level two, level complexity games, the rules are the rules. They're clear keywords. There's not much in the way of outstanding exceptions. But as you start to get into level three, four, five complexity weight games, you get to see edge cases which need specific explanations called out, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, I, as you guys know, never played Magic, and I was thinking about that. And not, I mean, I, I don't. Ma- not Magic gonna... is clarifications the game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah exceptions the game. Ostensibly, yeah. it's well, from what I understand, a fairly set number of mechanics within this. These cards do this kind of thing. The, the These basic, cards do the this basic kind framework of is not complicated. It's but it, just it's, it's where this one operates with this one and this one in play, and your opponent has this yeah. one and this one in play. Then it mm-hmm. becomes this cluster of magic. Is one of those things where it's been bloated by twenty, nearly twenty years worth of just additional, additional scope rules, and rule creep. Yeah, yeah, it's it's almost impossible to keep track of the sheer scope of something like magic. I don't know if you mentioned it earlier, uh, Simon, you may have done, um, but I think adding additional phases. Yeah, I've got Dinosaur Island sitting in my head. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. the dice bit, then there's the shop bit, then there's the... I like can't a even... worker placement uh, bit, yeah, and uh-huh. then there's a building the park bit or whatever, and then there's a, then there's a bag pulling bit, which Tom didn't to, even remember. To me, to me Dinosaur <laughs> Island is not a, not a particularly complex game. What it is is five separate relatively simple games. Which adds a layer just, of complexity. You happen to play at the same time. Yeah, yeah, and and, and they're, they're in making one more one complicated, slightly yeah. more complex game. Exactly yeah. that. So all of these things really, in both either in isolation or in combination, can add to a game's weight and complexity. And I think what you'll actually see is some of those points reflected in our choices. At least that's what I try to think about in my example. So. What sorts of things went through your mind, Tom, uh, when you were picking the games for your uh, examples of different weight categories? I think you've probably touched on it already, but once you start to 
add layers of mechanics, yeah. um, worker placement, uh, take that sort of card drafting mechanics or tableau building, area yeah. control. When you take a combination of those things and start to stack them on top of one another, yeah. they get exponentially more complicated. So when I'm looking at games, I'm looking at how many of those sort of uh, broad and common categories of mechanics you see are being used mm-hmm. and how they interact with one another, whether they are heavily intertwined or they might be not overlapping very much at all. Something, you know, some games have very, very interrelated mechanics and one cannot be divorced from the other. Mm. Uh, yeah, that definitely, I think, is one of the the main points, isn't it? That as the game progresses for me, if it's, you start, here's a, you do this and then this is the result. You do this and then this is the result. Rinse and repeat. Mm-hmm. That's a fairly simple game. But yeah. after two goes, two goes of you do this and this happens. And then after that, if this is now the case, then this extra thing happens. Yeah. And you're introducing more and more steps or a whole new mechanic partway mm-hmm. through. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an agenda phase in a certain game that yeah, I'll yeah. mention in a bit. Yeah. Um, totally shifts the, the method of the game play. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. You do see some games that, uh, well, actually, it's quite common. Actually, um, you see games that grow in complexity as you play them. As they yeah. start relatively simple and get more complex. Particularly things like tableau builders, uh, engine builders, too. engine builders. Yeah. Um, not always. Some games don't get much more complicated as you play, but but sort of as a as a standard rule, something that that keeps game mechanics in play, or something that adds additional rules to the game as a result of playing cards or picking options mm. gets more complicated over time and, and and to a certain extent that sort of game might be less of an overall complexity than something that immediately throws you in the deep end with many 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 options that doesn't necessarily ramp up over time yeah so it's a static level of yeah. complexity i guess should we have a cursory reference to bgg i guess so bgg for those listening if you don't know and if you listen to our podcast you probably do but if you don't is board game geek probably the world's biggest I'm pretty sure it is the world's biggest database for board games that there is. It's a really interesting resource. I it's don't a think phenomenal I, resource, I never yeah. heard of it. I don't think until you mentioned it to me what three, four years ago. Yeah, maybe. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's the it's the IMDb of games, I suppose. Basically, yeah. The, the Internet Movie so. Database yeah, for those yeah. who don't know IMDb. Yeah. Uh, basically, a catalogue of essentially every game of any notes that's been released since Dot. god knows when yeah. anything, i found some really fucking obscure <laughs> games yeah. on bgg um, yeah. I, I don't know if it's like yeah. wikipedia in that it's somewhat crowd managed that is to say if someone yes, has is, an yeah. entry yeah. that isn't is already existing it can be entered manually by a user and then it, those, those entries do get approved though. they get verified they, they get they get moderated yeah. and then people can add to them people can upload photos to a games page they can add reviews they can yeah so you get this overall aggregated both review score in terms of how much people enjoy the game Mm -hmm. and also their beholden Uh, complexity slash weight weight rating i guess Um, yeah they've covered largely the kind of things that we've already mentioned so i've got the list of their examples but they have got etc at the end because as we say this is all subjective Mm -hmm. um how complex or thick is the rule book? Mm-hmm. I remember for some reason that's immediately in my head throwing me back to about 1990 buying an Amiga game and the rule book was about a quarter of an inch thick <laughs> versus a two-sided pamphlet that you used to get in the day. It was like an operation manual yeah, for yeah, a, yeah. Like a flight simulator or something. Very complicated. So how thick is the rule book? Is it going to take you a while just to sit and read through it? 
Mm-hmm. Probably an indication of how much more yeah. complex the game might be. How long does it take to play? Generally, a more simple game will play quicker. Yeah, generally uh, speaking, within the hour, I th- thought for things in the lower complexity, but yeah, that's a good one. Um, this is a key one for me. What proportion of time is spent thinking and planning instead mm. of resolving actions? So you've heard me all moan about myself and my uh, <laughs> my hesitation to make a decision, my a- anxiety. AP, AP. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you're if you're trying to work out, or oh, if I do this, then that will happen, and that will allow him to do that, and then if he doesn't do that, I can do the the more of that that's in the game, the more thinking ahead for other people's moves and your own. I think that's definitely an indicator of mm-hmm. complexity, isn't it? Uh, of, can I can I of off the same thing yeah, actually please. in the similar vein, but player interaction, the amount of player interaction or the absence of it in the same you know in the same vein there can either make the game more or less complicated and and I think it it could scale either way you know a co-op game for example that has a lot of player interaction might be made more simple if you have someone on your team who can help you make a decision something like pandemic is an something obvious like one pandemic. that springs to mind yeah absolutely they've mentioned luck how much luck is in the game Okay, yeah. interesting. Yeah. I can kind of guess. Well, if if your decision making process is, on is, a dice is roll. not, it, yeah, is is just down to whatever comes up on the the, car, the car, yeah, the the cards or the dice or whatever, you know, um, necessarily magic beans thinking, you pull guess, out of yeah, a bag, yeah. whatever yeah. it is, <laughs> if yeah. you don't have a say in it, yeah, well, it, it it could kind of go both ways. It it removes your agency, so therefore it's not mm-hmm. something you need to think about. Also, it removes your ability to succinctly determine yeah. your action. So it, it might make difficult it difficult yeah, to yeah. plan ahead. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You can't necessarily plan two turns in advance in something that is very, very swingy with lots of dice rolls or cards that are being introduced mm. all the time. Whereas if you play something that is like a, a Euro game, to you know something like Smartphone Inc., for mm-hmm. example, you can plan several turns in advance because you can sort of predict to a certain extent what you mm-hmm. can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's that's largely the list of their examples. How much technical skill they say it's so a yeah. math reading ahead move, etc. How long does it take to learn the rules? How many how many times do you need to play the game to feel like you get it? Yeah, which I think mm-hmm. that covers a few things. Mm-hmm. I mean, another way of looking at weight is how much is there to learn about the game? Right? Yeah, how good can I get at the game? In sim- the simple to learn the understanding of it but a lot to learn in the playing of it yeah Yeah. quite quite. some games have a relatively low entry and a relatively low ceiling and they never get more complicated your familiarity with a game specifically and then mechanics in general will definitely afford a different weight uh the weekend just gone i played furnace for the first time nice I really enjoyed it. I think you'll both get a kick out of I it. Can't wait. For so. me, although there was some brief complication in choosing the best option, it was very much a case of, okay, I can see what that will do. I don't necessarily be able to map ahead and go, if I get that one and that one, it will combo nicely to do this and this. But I know what individually those things will do, whereas mm. uh, another person at the table was slightly more, I don't want to say confused, but was less familiar with that kind of mechanic and therefore... Experience, hadn't yeah. worked out that if that one thing he did would have such a knock-on effect yeah experience with board game mechanics helps for mm, sure really does. absolutely it does yeah it really does and also you know people's own individual proclivities and um leanings i mean uh, i find things well the way my brain is programmed more complex in some ways than you might simon or than tom might so i think we've yeah. all got our 
distinct proficiencies, shall we say? Yeah, proficiencies, strengths, weaknesses. So, yeah, you yeah. know, your social deduction kind of side, your bullshittery. <laughs> you really get a kick out of that. It makes you great at that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Tom can effectively if I can beat count... someone to death with the rule book, then it, then it, I'm all in. Well, you can. <laughs> <laughs> you you're almost a, a casino card counter in, in my eyes. Your, your ability when we're but six rounds deep in pandemic seems to help. <laughs> Well, I don't know. We, the, the number of times you go, yeah, it's Chile, then Bogota, then uh, Paris coming out in the pandemic. Oh, how do you know? Like, well, we had them last time. I, I don't know. I'm, not, I'm focusing on a different kind of thing. I can, I can do multiplication and adding up pretty quickly. So I'm always baffled in D&D when someone rolls a 16 and they've got a plus one and they sat there at calculate. Like, why, why, why are you using your fingers for? All righty, shall we move on to our picks? Yeah. Let's right. move on to our picks. Shall I go? Shall I go first? Yeah, you can That's go for it. I rarely mm. go first. Immediate so, falling out here, where we all go. Whoa. What are you doing? Are you talking about? <laughs> it's not level one. Shop. No. <laughs> My example for a level one complexity weight game is Century Spice Road. Uh, there's a few reasons for this. One, it's entirely language independent. Yep. There is. Not a huge amount of rules. The rule book is a pamphlet. It's, it's not. Well, it's, I think it's, it's just one double-sided page. page yeah, it's not it? even a pamphlet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's one sheet of cardboard. The symbol iconography is incredibly easy to understand. Straightforward. It's, it's cubes and arrows. Mm-hmm. Like when you get that concept yeah. of the cubes. This means you trade down. This means you trade up. Super simple. And the objective of the game is so easy to teach and, and understand. You're trying to get these types of spices. When they match that card, you can get that card. That card's worth points. When you've got five of these cards, the game ends. I mean, it's yeah. a gloriously simple game. Pretty pretty damn straightforward. It's easy easy to, to sort of open the box and it all falls into place and then it's super quick to put it, away again. It sets up in five minutes mm. too. Yeah, quite right. I suppose another point as well, I didn't even consider things like you know The Mind or... Um, yeah, other such games for this list I feel I, I consider those like below level 1 complexity that's like a 0.5 type game mm. so just a note on that uh, you could maybe some folks might consider that a level 1 game you know things like the mind etc but that is uh, for me a below a 1 so a 1 for me is a century spice road okay Fair enough. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know if I'd have a zero rating in terms of weight, but yeah, I know what you mean. I, yeah, it's, do you know what I mean? Even like yeah, for this type of discussion, I feel like... Theoretically so simple. That it's, yeah, yeah almost not worth the discussion. <laughs> it's like, this is a simple game, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with King of Tokyo. King of Tokyo Another is an really, excellent game. Really simple little box, uh, simple mechanics. You get a little deck of cards, you get some dice and some counters, and that's pretty much it. I think I've only played this one. This is where you basically either choose to stay in the middle and fight everyone or you yeah, take you your winnings it's, and you leave, it's right? It's technically sort of area control, but it's a board with one space on it or two spaces on it if you're playing with more players. So it's you're either in Tokyo or you're not. Yeah. That's that's the extent of the area control. Yeah. And you've got a Yahtzee mechanic. And there's a Yahtzee mechanic. It's basically you roll a set of six dice and it's got four or five different symbols on them and um, you're just looking to make combos of dice faces that then resolve and do different things either they do damage to one of your opponents they give you energy which you can use to buy upgrades um, or you can get sort of uh, victory points and various bits and pieces 
and the aim of the game is just to be the first person to get to a certain amount of victory points. So it's yeah. fairly straightforward. Yeah, it's a very good pick, mm. actually. There's a little bit of a variability in the types of upgrades that you buy, but the upgrades are pretty yeah. straightforward. They Most of them have like a one-off effect. Some of them stay in play, and they don't add a lot of extra complexity to the game at all. So mm. the, the vast majority of the game is just you throw a bunch of dice, and then everyone stands around shouting at you while you re-roll and then try to decide who to hit. Yeah, <laughs> nice uh, and that, that's pretty much it. It's the last, last man standing or get to a certain number of points. Uh, I went for Hughes and Cues. Mm-hmm. Arguably not even a one, depending on your outlook. Well, this is your list, uh, not it, mine. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, a very pretty game. I have put a couple of picks up on the Insta back in the day. Um, very simple. There's a grid of about 200 colours. You pick a card from the stack. It has four colours on. You choose one of them. And then give a one-word description of that color. You can't say the color itself. So you can't say orange, red, or so on. But you mm. give a a flavor, an example, and then people have to guess the color that you are. Like parsnip. Yes. <laughs> For parsnip would be a great yeah, yeah, example. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, um, you can think about a few colors that could be. So yeah. Yeah, okay. and and you have it's basically looking like a rainbow spectrum across the board. Um, there is a degree of gamesmanship in it though, because the way the scoring works, you want people. Very close to, but not exactly on the square right, you want. You want to get, you want to draw them in. Not, not to be too obvious with the clues. Yeah, yeah. there's a few games like that. Things like Dixit. I was going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Um so yeah, like that. Essentially, yeah. you get there's a, there's a small scoring square goes out. Everyone within it, you get a point for, and then they get points based on how close they are. Right. So, it's not a complicated game by any stretch of the imagination but i think it's a great pick and those it's, games it's, and games like that like dixit are wonderful examples of that because it's easy to teach easy to learn it can play with anybody mm. pretty much yeah. uh, i suppose because I, I think i came at this one with a view of okay if you know nothing but the quote-unquote classics i.e monopoly and so on uh this is more of an abstract kind of game yes so it's got a degree of difference to something that some where's the dice where's the where's the colors i know this this is the board very nice i say a color pick one yeah <laughs> i think a couple of uh other worthy mentions in this category would be games like ticket to ride also a wonderful mm-hmm. example of a level mm-hmm. one game uh, and possibly one of my new ones uh quacks of quedlinburg somewhere between a one and a two um but uh, one of those ones that sort of straddles that i think uh, i think between. you could easily play quacks as a one and never worry about any more complexity yeah just do whatever the fuck you like exactly yeah, <laughs> yeah don't have to worry about any, anything uh, on that one i want to play it we can it's play good. it we it's can play good. it all right for my choice for a number two game uh level two complexity game this is what i consider a next step game and I ummed and ahed a little bit about this because uh, I think on on the show we called it like somewhere between a two and a three. But for me, this is a great next step game, and it's Wingspan. Uh, this game covers a few different things, including tableau building, engine building. It introduces these things in a very accessible f- theme. It ups the complexity enough with more iconography than you would find in things like Century Spice Road. There is Mm -hmm, more iconography mm -hmm. on there, which mean more things. There are combinations that you can also design and interactions to think about and pick. The idea of introducing synergy in the cards that you add to your table. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. as well as adding in resource management and hand management kind of um, uh, mechanisms as well. But also, equally, you could play this just picking the, the cards that you like and seeing uh, what like happens. I like this bird. I like that bird. Can He's it do? a nice bird. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we mentioned in our We Played episode that there's 
a lot of game to be had by just seeing what happens almost yeah. you can you can essentially fluke on some really good combos not in a cheating kind of way like oh yeah you got that at random you didn't win the game by playing it properly but it, it, it's a totally valid way of doing it I've taught it. this before to folks that weren't particularly avid board gamers and gone look for a nice simple idea of how to play just pick the birds that have the highest point values yeah. and they scored great yeah. because you don't yeah. have to worry about any of the combos right. just pick birds that give you a shitload of points nice easy way to play the game um, but also is a great next leveler for people that want to dig more into it yeah okay uh, in a well uh, this is sort of the purpose in a similar vein something that adds a little bit more complexity to the game adds some of the common mechanics that you see in a lot of more complicated games uh, Clank Clank's a great deck builder Clank is a a really nice not particularly complicated deck building game mm-hmm. uh, everyone starts with the same set of cards there is a relatively limited number of resources that you get and there's a limited amount of accounting that you need to do because you don't keep resources between rounds all you do is draw a certain number of cards from your deck and then you play them all mm-hmm. in whatever order you like you don't hold anything like you do in some deck builders mm-hmm. you play all of your cards some of those cards might do stuff when you play them some of those cards might let you draw and play more cards yeah but you just draw a bunch of cards you play all your cards and then you work out what happens it's pretty straightforward there's a little bit of sort of moving around on a map guys moving on a map sort of thing but there's not a lot of resources to keep track of you're just playing for victory points and you're you're just looking to build a slightly more efficient deck by looking yeah. for looking for things in in a common draft of cards that that might work together this is uh, a small level than something like star realms another uh, nice mm, clean deck like builder very simple you can build your deck up and you play all the cards that's simple you just resolve the effect on all of it mm, and then yep. you shuffle and, and go again so much the same way with with clank and a yeah. really good example and it, and it doesn't doesn't try to pile any other re- mechanics sort of on top of that mm. um it's got a, a really fun simple mechanic in the bag drafting yeah the, the clank mechanic the noise but it's straightforward it's pulling cubes out of a bag and it's like we said before it's the luck element yeah that nobody has to worry too much about, about strategizing over yeah. because like in quacks it doesn't matter if all of your bloody clank cubes are in that bag someone else is going to come out first or if you've only got one in there yours is guaranteed yeah. to come out first <laughs> exactly yeah like the white three chip in quacks. Yeah, don't worry about the the stats. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't ask how many cubes are in the bag yeah. because it's always yours. Unbelievable. Well, we go from cubes in a bag to tiles in a bag with mm-hmm. Azul. Yeah. Azul is a great game and a good it's, pick. It's a really nice, clean operation of a. You pick up a set of colored tiles. You put them in your staging area. You then tile them onto the wall in the spaces as determined by the simple board. There's a scoring system which is simple and straightforward to follow uh, the slight complexity comes in when you add in that there's other people fighting for that resource yeah, yeah. It's, it's again it's a it's a drafting mechanic with a shared pool of yeah in this case tiles rather than cards but. yeah for the most part you can get on with your own design you yeah. you go ahead you pick up the things you need you put them where you need them you score the points accordingly it gets 
slightly more complicated when someone takes all of the reds or <laughs> yeah. someone leaves you with all of the blues and you don't have any to put them. Yeah. So there's a, that's where the increased interaction between there's players... There's a step of player interaction. Yeah. There. Yeah. yeah, thinking ahead a little bit. And like she talked about, Simon, starting to strategize. Hate drafting. It's definitely approaching that. Yeah. yeah, approaching that. Yeah, when you're starting to sit and think a little bit about the game. Um, yeah. it's, it's one of the many games with a potential for as you say hate drafting that <laughs> I, don't, be, I don't teach I, people games with the intention to teach them how to hate draft. no no indeed it just happens it's, um, but it's one of the one of the many that i'm really curious <laughs> to know how differently it would play if you couldn't see the other person's board yeah if you yeah, didn't definitely. know what they were after or couldn't use it would be way more relaxed probably yeah i think so well yeah. it's a yeah, pretty chill so. game anyway yeah. It is. It's a. It's it would a, be more chilled. It's a yeah. wonderfully relaxing game. This would be a. Was it a pastel donato and a coffee? <laughs> yes, it's game. say. Alrighty. So, into level three. This is the category I found the most difficult to pick because I find most of my games fall into this There's category. There's a lot of stuff in here. Yeah. My, I think my tastes just fall into this space really easily. I think I looked through my collection. I was like. 90% of this is about a level three. <laughs> so. Well, yeah, no, the most of the games I've played are the, the games that you guys own. Yep. So yeah. I, I've got a similar experience. And I even said to you before we started, I, I don't think I've got more than a single example of a level five game. Yeah. But to, you know, you've got a, a whole gamut of level three complexity yeah, type some, games. Yeah, popping into level fours occasionally. But that just tends to be what my tastes are. So for me, I, a good example for me is Inish. So Inish, okay. I find to be a really nice example of a level three complexity weight because it has multiple paths to victory. We've got that rule of six. That's it. And they're all working against each other. And so you're constantly having to think three ways yeah. for each opponent. Yeah. How far is that person along in the three separate victory paths? Yeah. You're not just How far looking... is that person along yeah. in the three separate victory paths? As opposed to something that has a single victory point track, for yeah, example. Yeah, exactly. You're essentially considering three separate ways to win. The, the, the three other you know, players. Go up and down yeah. with up to three other players at the same time. Exactly. You've got to try and keep track of where people are. For all of that, and as well as that, you have... Um, quite a lot of direct player interaction it can be very very aggressive um there is also some very pernickety and weird card combos and edge cases that happen <laughs> we have found a number of edge cases there isn't yeah, yeah well, that needed a googling we still are due a we played episode on Inish as of this date um some really insane card combos you have area control that it adds into that Yep. Uh, it's yep. thinky, it's puzzly, and you can sit there a good five minutes thinking, oh yeah, even before your turn comes around, thinking, oh, bam, Which is really interesting, he moves considering that the, the, the sort of the card drafting element of it yes. is quite limited. There's, o- there's only a, a small number of cards, and you're yeah. always drafting uh, between the players with the same set of basic action cards. Yeah, I was yep. going to say, there's not really much asymmetry in there. It should be a fairly balanced thing. The only yeah. difference being your control territory at the start of the round gives you a small bonus. Right? Plus, yeah, all yeah, of yeah. the territories have their own individual buff, which you'll get if you have control of it. And then control is its own specific rule as well. Yeah. I was thinking, yeah, this is... Re- when I think about breaking the rules down, it's not a massive amount, but I'm thinking this is certainly more complex than Wingspan. This is certainly more complex than the other games that I've talked about. And I would certainly not introduce 
people new to the hobby to this game yep. it's it's yep. it's a challenging one definitely be a harder proposition to start someone on this level of game i think yeah. not to say that it couldn't be done because the overall concepts aren't that complicated you need to be in six bases but they start layering right places yeah. with this yeah. or you need to i can't remember what the third rule was um individually and of themselves so not that hard governing to other players there was the other oh, one. that's yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. be be the boss over a group yeah. um, having a basically a majority stake in, yeah but in it's where areas. they all mix together and track against yeah. one another yeah. it adds weight yeah. and crunch which i love but um that for me is a really nice example of a level three I'm going to throw a cat amongst the pigeons because I think you I've guys... never heard of that. Guy. I don't think never you guys won't uh, agree with me on this one. Go on. Number th- mm. My three is Tapestry. Yeah. We're going to be fighting, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so for me, yeah, Tapestry has a lot of components, but everything is on the board. It shares... This is maybe a Stonewire thing, but it, it yeah. has very, very consistent wording keywording iconography terms, is very iconography yeah. that is very common and prevalent in Stonewire games so that it is relatively easy that to interpret pie. what's yeah. on the on the board and what each action does there are four tracks of actions that you can take everyone is taking the same sets of actions but can choose which tracks that they want to advance on the added complexity with the the tableau building the the tapestry cards is very limited because mm. you only get to play three or four of them over the course of the whole game. Mm-hmm. And even the the technology cards that you get, mm-hmm. unless you focus on them, probably aren't doing a huge amount. They don't individually add a lot of extra complexity to the game. There's a lot of components, yeah. but they give you routes to victory, mm-hmm. not necessarily everything all at once for every player, every game. Sure, You've played this quite a lot. I've I played assume. it four or five times. Okay, not so much. Yeah. So I was wondering whether your familiarity with it versus my, and it's going back maybe five, six months since I yeah, played it yeah. that one time, in my head that sits at a more complex, I think. Uh, I, I agree with you, Simon. Mm. I think it's more complex. But this is why the nature of weight is so subjective. Yep. And it's why we have the discussion. I think it's an interesting one. It's yeah. an interesting bit. Can't, can't argue. They're, 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 although there's a number of components, it's very well explained the the rules complexity is well explained it's mm-hmm. just in, in my head my it sits as, then, I'd have thought, so yeah. in, in my head it sits as a more complicated game i remember it being a longer game as well a yeah two hour plus it is but we time. were playing with four players and three of you guys haven't yeah, played before sure. game, yeah or yeah. two yeah. of you guys haven't played before yeah hmm interesting mr tom I have gone with Brew, a I game which Brew. I have not played enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> since we played it a few times for the for the we played, yeah. Brew is one of those ones that, on the surface, I thought was going to be really simple, but it's actually not. had <laughs> yeah. lots to dig into. Yeah, it's, it's one of those games where it has, Deceptive, isn't it? it's it's easy to sort of pick up and learn, but has probably quite a quite a lot of uh, depth. Oh yeah, in, in terms of the sort of the the, the ceiling for oh, skill. Yeah. So for those who've not listened to the episode or are familiar with this game, you essentially you roll six dice at the beginning. They have varying powers. There's a fairly limited number of spaces on the board which either gain you resources or control of an area of the forest which you're it's trying a to claim. Super super tight area control. Yeah. Sounds, mean as fuck. Sounds <laughs> really sound, mean area. Yeah, it sounds really simple until someone can burn you out of where you are or yeah. take an entirely different route to victory. It's not. Yeah asymmetric in the sense that 
people really have different powers, although there are some little, little minor, 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 yeah, minor powers. Minor powers. Um, but ultimately, everyone is trying to achieve the same thing. Um, but yeah, a surprising level of depth, the way that, I mean, heavy, heavy player interaction. Yep. You are constantly either denying someone something you're or outright removing them from You're competing for potions, you're competing for the creatures, you're competing for the area control. Everything is, is almost in direct competition with people. Yeah. I mean, it was my best example, I think, for this, yeah. this level of complexity. It's not too hard to pick up. It's a relatively small game in terms of yeah. uh, components. Like we, we said in, in a, the general discussion at the beginning, the number of different types of cards versus mm-hmm. the overall number of cards. There's only really it's like potions three, and creatures. Three, three decks of... No, two, yeah, two decks of cards. Potions and creatures, right? So that's like yeah. a, a, a complexity level of two types, yeah. each doing a variation on a theme. But And then the forests, which... Yeah which are fairly straightforward. Yeah. There's the, a few the different way it types all of forests, combines but, together, mm, mm. I think it's a, a nice medium weight game. Yeah. And I want to play it again. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we'll play it. I did like it because you can get that done in an hour as well. It's a cracking one. Um, some other good examples, I think, for level three worth a mention are Western Legends, which I think is a cracking example of a three. Again, it provides a bunch yep. of different routes to victory. Yeah, I had that as a kind of two to a three. I remember yeah. I, I enjoyed it so much and didn't, struggle with the gameplay at no, all no. and we played this relatively early on from what i remember when i'm when i was still a learning when you yeah. were still a learning um, exactly yeah, yeah. relative there's there's a fair bit in the box but it's relatively light to play yeah exactly that and then you've got a whole bunch of other stuff which i can pull from arguably things like Razor of the north sea mm-hmm. uh yeah even smartphone ink somewhere between two and a three so yeah um all of that sort of stuff starts to add layers of complexity on there Alrighty, into level four. My example of a four complexity weight game is actually Scythe. Yes, Scythe is a solid, solid four. When we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, if you do one thing on your turn, that can actually sometimes lead to a a simple game. In Scythe, not so much, Mm. because the thing that makes Scythe more complex and more difficult is you have a lot more symbology that symbology is linked to specific rules to remember. Yep. For example, the movement rules, so having to make sure that you're moving two things one space, not one thing two spaces. Mm-hmm. And then the mechs have different movement rules to the workers who have different movement rules to your leader who yeah. can, you know... Yeah. C- certain guys yeah. can pick up other guys yeah. and carry them Each with them. or resources. have different but, yeah. options. Can they cross a river or exactly. not? Exactly. You have a degree of asymmetry. So you have or asymmetrical you only cross powers. rivers from certain terrain types to, to other terrain to, types yes yeah, correct it, exactly which which i have to i have to reflect on is such a a brilliant um map layout yeah it is isn't it? Of <laughs> it is amazing it's so smart so designed. clever so tightly designed you also have a level of asymmetry quite a lot of asymmetry actually with the combination of your uh your player board and your um it's not just asymmetry it's, board. it's variability because yeah, you of course. you have a randomized player board and a randomized faction exactly that and the combination of the two determines what your actions do your basic actions are the same mm-hmm. but the effects and the costs of mm-hmm. your basic actions mm-hmm. differ between players absolutely 
You also have multiple paths to victory. You've got the mm-hmm. six stars, for example, to go for. So many different ways different to ways get to ahead in this it. game. Exactly. I love it. You've got resource management involved in there. Mm-hmm. You've also got a lot of player interaction with that sort of Cold War vibe. And it can be very mean. Once you start you know, losing fights, um, you can get picked on and you go back to the beginning of your starting space. And it's a slow build back out. <laughs> so um, it's... Uh, my favorite game of all time uh, as of this date mm-hmm. um but for me this is a, a great example of a level four game you're doing one thing on your turn but that one thing is so filled full of crunch it has yeah it has a cascade effect because mm. you well you say you pick one thing it's one thing that does two does things. several things yeah. potentially it yeah. also denies <clears throat> you that option next that time next, so you're choosing you you're choosing to choosing to not do that thing next time which isn't that common in games that I'm yeah, aware well, of. Well, it's interesting. You, ha- you have to sort of skirt around the action that you might want to take in a turn's time yeah. to get to it. You you need to sort of do something now. You can't just take something as a placeholder or do the same thing twice yeah. in a row. Yeah, I need to move there, but I also need to make stuff to be able to get me to move there. And if yeah. I don't build a building first <laughs> that, oh, so, I need to be there to be, get the resource to build the building and you go round in spirals and loops and so it's incredibly and, crunchy and like for example just the movement action you think okay that's one thing I'm picking yeah. on my turn but that could involve you know, getting an event card it could involve then ending up in combat it could involve and then you know getting your uh, workers out to specific resources that you're going to need and then as you say you want to consider what's the bottom action that's linked to it because that will be different depending yep. on each player card yep. Yep. so um, yeah for me that's a, a solid four yeah no I, I I don't contest that one I think that's a that's a good option good you shouldn't contest it <laughs> yeah it's the best game so one of us yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go along the lines of games with more asymmetry yep uh, root Root is one of us had to four. mention it, right? <laughs> one of us had to root, say root, root is. Uh, well, I mean, if you count it's the expansions four more, it is four yeah. separate games. Yeah, every yeah. player plays their own game in root. Technically, everyone is on the same victory counter, and everyone shares a lot of components. But you are playing your own game. You do your own thing. You do your own thing. Uh, it's not a game where there are lots of routes to victory. It's so such. hard to teach that game. <laughs> because <laughs> everyone everyone has a route to victory with some variations. But your routes to victory don't look anything like anyone else's routes to victory. God, I mean, just the principle behind that level of asymmetry. I mean, you can't even look over at your opponent and be like, well, what's he doing? Can that help me in some way? No. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. What? Who is he? What's, what is going on over is, there? Yeah, exactly. Why are the beavers selling me things? Yeah. <laughs> Remember we played a game online and you were the, I think it was the moles. And you, the moles. you would be narrating your turn. I'm like, this makes no fucking yeah. sense to me. <laughs> what, what's going on? And then suddenly an army is, of moles turns Yeah, up. exactly. <laughs> like, I'm looking at my player board. It's just no relevance to what I'm doing. That, that's me when you were the Woodland Alliance. Exactly, like, you're right. What on earth is he doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's putting pieces out and then purposely killing mm. them. In some kind of weird martyrdom. <laughs> no, and gaining points uh, all the time. Maybe I should stop killing them. I don't understand. It's the, the lizard folk, the cultists. As well, that's awful. Yeah, that, uh, oh, God. I, it's it's a, such Brilliant. a different game yeah. every time we play it because there's a bunch of extra factions outside the, bank, the main game. But even with just the main game, it is so varied in the asymmetry. It's hard to teach. Although yeah. they've done very well with sort the of beginner game, doing a mini tutorial for each player in each faction. Yes, that really helped. Yes, but it, it is a difficult game yeah. to 
teach. It is not a game that you can just sling on the table and teach to three other people. Agreed. Uh, it's a reasonably long game, although if you play with experienced players or if you play with players who know their factions, obviously it's going to be quicker. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot to keep track of. It's very difficult to know exactly what your opponents are doing. Uh, there is a lot of player interaction, there but is, it's yeah. not the sort of player interaction that you might expect. Yes, It's got a number of sort of layered mechanics on top of all this sort of area control, victory point generation, the cards sort of as well, cards. and all of that. Yeah, it's very yeah. yeah. It's it's a crunchy game with a lot of asymmetry. I think it's a very good example of something that is it's a, a solid format. Four, yeah. yeah, four plus. I think. Yep. Nemesis. <laughs> Just. <laughs> Yeah, we said weight. Uh, I mean, if you're talking physical weight, <laughs> yeah, this, is, yeah. this is definitely this a five. Is a, this is a, a double header, yeah, for sure. Possibly because it stuck with me from being, and I've said it before, effectively my introduction to modern this was your, gaming, this was your or one of the game. one of the very yeah, early games. Yeah. I can't remember if we played Wasteland Express before or not. I can't remember. Um, I feel I do feel slightly bad for Simon that you, you Simon's gateway games were Nemesis <laughs> and, I, and, and Wasteland Delivery Express Service, which are not easy games. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> I'm a proud survivor. Yeah, you are. You are. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm trying to rationalise why Nemesis feels so complex, and I think it's because there's so much not randomization, but it's difficult, mm. which. A difficult game, like if it's with the game playing against you, in my head, it's, it's a, a factor I didn't mention in our discussion. It, I mean, I feel that it increases the complexity because you have to make sure you are sharp, yeah, all the way through. Mm-hmm. Other games, you know, as all we said, is a nice, calm, relaxed yeah. game. You can kind of wingspan, you can be kind of relaxed as well, fuzz yeah. your way yeah. through yeah. it a it's, little it's bit sort and of still have a great high tension, yeah, uh, asymmetric characters. And oh, hidden, a, hidden hidden objective roles. Yeah, hidden objectives yeah, a, and roles as well. Semi co-op, but someone's going to dick you over almost certainly. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a there's you never know if the android's on your side. So much to consider uh, in terms of managing the like, the condition of the ship. I suppose. Yeah. Is yeah. it is it yeah. on the is it on the right course? Is it going anywhere at all? Is it on fire? Is it about to fall to pieces? Yeah. Other aliens in this room, the next room, that other room. Mm-hmm. Is everyone dead this All round or next working. round? Is the player opposite me trying to kill me? Can mm-hmm. I get Literally. there before mm-hmm. the air pods auto eject themselves because the ship's definitely going to blow up? Uh, is something else going to happen on the event deck? It's There's so sim- many oh, factors. God, yeah. It's simulate. It tries to at least attempts to simulate a lot of things as well, right? It's also you've got. Your card play, you've got crafting, you've got item searching, you've got hand management. Am I contaminated? Am I contaminated? You pick, yeah. you do one thing, get one scratch against you, which is done on a on a roll of a dice, and then you have to spend the next six turns finding the damn laboratory before <laughs> yeah. you can excise the thing, which then nearly damn well kills you anyway. Yeah. In the meantime, Tom's gone down in the engine room, comes back saying, it's all fine, chaps. I Let's have go to the Mars. Engines, guys. <laughs> You've also got God. multiple phases in that game. You have yep. a lot of Yeah, rules, the bag development yeah. is one of the things that sticks in my head is because there's different points where you pull tokens out yeah. and a thing happened mm-hmm. and then try and remember, oh, wait, no, this just, that, that was just that standalone yeah, thing. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, that's a, another weight for the complexity of this uh, game is you pull something out of the bag which means one thing in one phase of the game, yep. but an entirely different phase of the game, 
that means something else. Oh. So that's yeah. yeah. And, um, and you've got um, you've also got the uh, we mentioned this before the 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 possibility of the game getting more complicated with an extra phase. Yeah. Because if someone dies, they take over as the alien. So instead of the game playing itself against you. Suddenly, oh. there's a whole new set of rules, I and instead, yeah, one of the players of rules takes in, control yeah. of all of the aliens, and then they're sort of semi-guiding what is happening with the aliens, rather than it all being randomised up to that point. Yeah, I think it's a cracking choice, mate. It's a tough one, Nemesis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in terms of physical weight, lots of components, loads of different types of components, yep. lots of setup time, lots of breakdown time. Yeah. Yes, definitely, definitely, definitely. And that video that, guys, the, uh, was it Wayne you posted earlier? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sends a link to a guy who basically made a, a 3D model version of the ship rather than the flat board game. Pretty damn yeah. impressive. Other potential uh, worthy mentions might be something like Eldritch Horror, um, which has, you know, a whole bunch of rules, etc. You put that to four? Yeah, somewhere between three and a four, but yeah, I think probably three to a four. four, I think. Was, I think it's uh, pro- I'd probably put it on the lighter side, but it's just, it's got so much it's going on. The amount of different yeah. decks, right? Yeah. This is, there's a lot going on yeah. in that game. I, uh, I was going to, I was going to chuck Spirit Island. Spirit in Island's there. another great, that's definitely a mm-hmm. four. I've, again, I only played that the once over a year ago now. So I, again, remember it being a slow yeah. learn. You've Huge often referenced how hard it is to teach. It, um, almost impossible. It's extremely difficult to teach and play at the same time. It potentially, yeah. uh, Rising Sun as well would fall into. I was just going to say, yeah. Rising Sun oh, yeah. is a yeah. four yeah. for me. You have the level of negotiation and all of that sort of stuff. And uh, Ank. And Ank as well, I also possibly a four. There's a lot going yeah. on in Ank. There is. Uh, yeah. it, I suppose it's uh, Mr. Lang's, Lang's trilogy, isn't, isn't it? Really? It? Yeah. 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 Definitely threes and fours. Alrighty then. Uh, we'll take a break before level five because I just want to reference something that you said Simon about how your introduction your gateway to gaming was like nemesis and <laughs> which is important to note right not everyone wants to be introduced to games at the level one complexity rate no. right some people like might be do you know what I've seen like I was there's loads of great modern board games out I like these sorts of things throw me in at the deep end mm-hmm. yeah intrigued by the, what the extremes of the possibilities are yeah i want to play this thing topple. yeah someone teach me so and that's entirely possible so you know i suppose it's worth gauging if you do have someone willing to play board games with you how interested are they do they are they like a tentative are you trying to persuade them or are they trying to persuade you i suppose is the uh, yeah you want, you want to sort of find a game where the Maybe the theme interests someone enough to get them to yeah. jump in at the deep end. Maybe yeah. not. Maybe not all the way at the deep end, but yeah. but partly. Yeah, your investment in a given title will definitely persuade you towards effectively sticking with it. Mm-hmm. It might, yeah. be, and as I say, more exposure, more familiarity. How many plays does it take you to get it? Yeah. If you're invested in the thing, then you're going to play it and maybe struggle a little bit with a harder game until you go, ah, oh, now I've really got a feel for this. I'm going to play it. Because yep. for me, Root, definitely it's a four in complexity, but it's not intimidating in the slightest because no. I've done it enough and I've just about, I think, have a handle at least on the four base factions to go, yeah. But yeah. Root is complicated and I will definitely play it. If you said, oh, here's another game that's a, a complexity rating of four, I'm like, okay, Versus Root, is it similar? And then someone says, oh yeah, it's similar to Root. Okay, cool. I'm fine. I will give that a go. You can manage, yeah. yeah. Our number fives. Let's def- move into our fives, shall will, we? Uh, definitely always be an intimidating prospect, I think, because 
by their very nature, they're going to be complicated to learn, I think. so. Absolutely. And on that note, my uh, example of a five-complexity board game is Star Wars Rebellion, which... <laughs> I see Tom chuckling in the corner there. Yeah, <laughs> which took us what six hours the first six time we played it. The first time we played it <laughs> sounds reasonable. <laughs> sounds reasonable. So as we're talking, it was a great about, day. We we sat down and we listened to the entirety of the Star Wars soundtrack. Yeah, trilogy. I think yeah, uh, the, like the yeah, whole thing. The whilst playing, whilst playing Star Wars Rebellion and sort of semi role playing our way through uh, the yeah. Galactic Civil War. It's wow. fantastic. It's a great mm. example. I, I, I definitely okay. destroyed Alderaan for no reason other than the fact that I was supposed to. <laughs> it was an intimidation tactic. I didn't and need to. I, I will set up, actually, uh, Tom. I'm going to find some time for us to play that again definitely. because we need to do that again. But this is, God, I mean, where do I start? Multiple rules exceptions, two core rule books, which, yeah, admittedly is the Fantasy Flight standard, but they are chunky. Mm-hmm. Plus a third rule book if you play with the uh, heavily advised expansion, which comes, which I got with it, mm-hmm. okay. um, heavily recommended. Oh, God dang. It's direct pl- player interaction because it's one versus one. Potentially yeah. two versus two, but it's not really. It's a one versus one game. Um, you have a sort of hidden movement mechanism in there as well. Yeah, it's 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 very asymmetrical. The, Huge, the two factions are totally completely different. Completely asymmetric. You have the Empire who are basically completely outgunning the, the rebels mm-hmm. um the rebels are basically just trying to run and hide for the most most part of the game <laughs> you have uh combat which is both dice combat which is then accentuated by card combat mm-hmm. you have loads and loads and loads of different types of units there are lo- shitloads of yeah. units each with their own specific statistics you then have objective cards and my objective cards will be different to yours all the heroes are different you'll have yeah different heroes with different hero stats which will be deploying to different planets who can then be captured and then you've got different statuses to add to the heroes oh gosh it's uh it's a cracking game but every time i crack it out which isn't very often it's like once as an annual event i have to relearn it from scratch yeah and it's a not surprised. Not surprised. That's my example of a five. Okay. Uh, well, another one then for me, a, a game that sits on my shelf and rarely ever gets played, uh, Mage Knight. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've heard about this. Which, the legendary Mage Knight. <laughs> which, by most reviews, is recommended as a solo experience because teaching it or playing it with other players is such a miserable experience. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I There's a sales pitch. Oh, Play this on your own because no one scales, else wants it. Yeah. Scale, so it's it's a one to four player game, and it gives you rules to play solo. It gives you rules to play co-op. It gives you rules to play against other players. It gives you rules to play um, de- sort of like a death match where everyone's sort of against each other or in teams. Right. It is monstrously complicated. It has area control hex crawling sort of a, an rpg character development um, sort of leveling up mechanic it's got deck drafting hand management it's got tableau <laughs> building it's it's got like almost every possible thing i could think of other than like worker placement yeah all smashed together in one game and it is extremely difficult to absorb that i will be brutally honest the rule books are kind of rubbish yeah okay i was going to say does it work is it unnecessarily complex is it awakened realms level of rubbish it's no it's it's um 
It's probably slightly better than that. Yeah, okay. It's Vlada Chavatel, so it's... Oh, um, wow, okay. So he's, 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 a, he's no a very joke. esteemed yeah. designer, uh, game yeah. designer. He is. But it's, it's, a, it's quite a rough game to learn. It's a rough game to teach. I tried to play it four players once, and I think we got about four hours in, and everyone had just mentally checked out. No one was enjoying themselves. <laughs> um, but yeah, like two players. Um, it's, it's really good. Cool. I, I, I don't want to slate the game. It's just it's one of those games that I never get to play. Yeah, fair play. Yeah. I know nothing about it, so I'm intrigued. I, I'll show you it at some point, but yeah. I don't think we would enjoy playing it very much. Fair play. That's a extreme rarity mm. yeah. to to hear of a game that is so complex or hard to learn that you wouldn't actively encourage that, someone that, else think, to yeah. join. Well, it's a game that I think everyone would have to do their research well in advance. Right? You do, like, yeah. you do. And, and there are a few games that I own that are like that, where I say, we're going to play this game, but please watch these videos or read this rule read book, this rule or, book yeah. or something before we start, something like um, the GF9 June remake. Yes, It's yes, like, yes. please watch the video because I don't want to have to explain all the rules. Yep. Or... Uh, something like New Angeles. Yes. So it's very asymmetrical. It's a complicated game. Please watch a little video, get mm-hmm. get an idea of what the game is, mm-hmm. let me know if you're interested in playing, and then we can sit down and I can do clarifications yes. rather than having to teach everyone from <laughs> or, scratch. Yeah. Well, as you've done uh, every game so far, uh, for TI4. Of course. Yeah. yeah, which will be my pick. For <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Maximum complexity, Twilight Imperium 4th Edition. Uh-huh. We've recently done a uh, full episode on this, so do have a listen in if you've not already. Mm-hmm. Hear us talk about the endless shenanigans possible <laughs> yeah. within that game. Uh, it is a 4X to the max in every way I've ever known. You are exploring the galaxy, taking mm-hmm. over the galaxy, mining it for resources, fighting each other to the death bartering you are uh, exploiting each other's weaknesses in terms of desire because you're yeah. trying so to I, yeah. I made a few your... notes here for ti4 i knowing, mean really i should hand this over to you yeah. you were good enough to <laughs> pick mage knight so it's i like, could have ti4 it's <laughs> combinations of reasonably complicated mechanics all stacked on top of oh one yeah another. Uh, you've got loads of resource management uh, yeah not just in like the trade goods and everything that you get but Lots of things are tradable. Uh, everything from uh, actions and promises through to actual trade goods or promissory notes yeah. are tradable. If you've got some of the factions in the game, it enables trading of certain things that otherwise are not tradable. And that's a negotiable value. That's a negotiable well, value. The so called the social contracts. The yeah. the uh, agenda phase is so potentially complicated depending on the players that you have yeah and the factions that you have yeah although i didn't necessarily benefit too well out of the agenda phase on the play i had Mm. it wasn't as terrifying as i was expecting it potentially could be as you say that will depend on players and their insistence on it is it's not yeah getting their 10 penneth worth it's uh area control it's uh playing to objectives that come out over the course of the game so you need to be able to to chase after objectives it's loads of action economy management with the strategy and the Hell tactics tokens, tokens fleet yeah. tokens yeah it's it's you have cards enormous, and exceptions on action cards yeah, it's an enormous yeah. amount of stuff to keep track of yeah even if you're just looking at your own board and your own area and your immediate neighbors there's a huge amount to consider and yeah. then if you sit down at a table and there's six players heavily asymmetric which is 
heavily asymmetrical. You don't necessarily know what's going on around the other side of the table. Mm-hmm. I didn't know um, what was going on at my own seat. <laughs> <after it's, laughs> you're not always, yeah. You're not always taking the same type of actions. You've got yeah, the yeah. tactical actions which resolve in a certain way, yeah. and then you've got the the added layer of strategic strategy card drafting and timing on the activations of those cards and deciding which ones you want to chase that other players have taken mm. it's just there, it beca- yeah. it's at the level where it's not an addition of a thing that becomes a multiplier yeah. rather than an addition so it's exponentially it's, more yeah, yeah. complicated yeah tom give us your final thoughts on complexity weight yeah. in board gaming i think that the complexity and the weight of the game is highly subjective. Most of my games sit between sort of high threes, low fours, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm comfortable with. But more often than not, if I'm teaching someone new a game, I need to be able to uh, grab a, a lower complexity game to be able to sort of teach people. That's not to say that low complexity games are less fun or less challenging. No, absolutely challenging. not. That's, you know, Because there's, there's, there are... Know. Plenty of lower complexity games that have a lot of challenge to them. Or one of those games, for example, where we say it's easy to teach, but has a high skill ceiling. I can still get a lot of enjoyment out of playing that game with someone who is new, mm. whilst still making it easy to teach them the game. Yeah. I mean, and, the, and, and the same thing is true at the high end, mm. with your fives, with your Twilight Imperium, that sort of thing. To say that they are very, very heavy games, they're Depth, hard to yeah. get to the table, they have a lot of depth and uh, loads of time required to set them up or break them down that's not always a bad thing it might sound like a bad thing (laughs) when we're being sort of subjective about it but if you have the right group of players if you have people who are interested in those sorts of games or interested in a theme enough to dive in the deep end to try those sorts of games they can be very very rewarding yeah i think there has to be a range and scope of games to be able to be absorbed and enjoyed by everyone Mm. because the more you play potentially the more you're going to look for from a game Mm. Uh, i'm just in my head now thinking about uh comparing it to books not everyone wants to read lord of the rings Mm. it's a hell of a tome to get through it is but most people would say it's incredibly rewarding if you're invested and have the time uh, to get into it understand it keep track of the lineages and so on at the same time, a lot of people enjoy reading novellas, comics, and so on because there's a lot to be afforded there. So complexity is a, a wide range because it has to be. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to afford themselves the thing that get the most enjoyment. And as yeah, Wayne, just, as you say, we generally go midweight because it's that feeling of accomplishment of mm-hmm. getting into something with a bit more depth than a throwaway game. Find something that's a good balance between the time that you're willing to spend mm-hmm. on it and the enjoyment that you're going to get yeah. out of that. Yeah. Time value proposition. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So my final thought, I guess, is I want to tag on to something you said there, uh, Tom. We talked about depth. And I think there's actually a delineation or a separation you can make between depth and complexity. These two things are quite different. Mm-hmm. So there's plenty of games in the sort of two, three, even some level one, so I suppose complexity games that are remarkably deep. And you can start digging into over a period of time and getting better and better at. You know, we talk about getting better at games when a game has more to offer. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, doesn't necessarily make it any less enjoyable, as you say. Complexity for complexity's sake is a bad thing in board game design. It's something that it's can a be very prevalent thing. It's in prevalent, board game, particularly yeah. with Kickstarter. Yeah, I that is a mm. perfectly salient point. 
yeah. immediately thinking of that Eldera that I yeah. said earlier. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, complexity for complexity's sake is, is in fact probably bad design. But complexity uh, done well with the intention of making you think, with the intention of giving you options, because generally or, the or biggest Or evoking scope. a certain theme or yes. theme. Yes. Something like Nemesis, for example. Yeah. Trying to lots simulate of, Lots of mechanics, but it does... It does those because it's trying to simulate a very specific mm. tension in a game. Absolutely. So complexity done for the right reasons is great. Uh, but yeah, just because a game is less weighty or complex doesn't mean it's any less deep and certainly doesn't mean it's any less enjoyable. Thanks for listening to Board Stupid. Subscribe to us for updates and to get future episodes of the show delivered directly to your ear holes via your favourite podcast service. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Board Stupid UK, spelled B-O-A-R-D, and at our home, anchor.fm forward slash Board Stupid, alongside Spotify and Apple Podcasts and wherever you can find your favourite podcasts. If you like our content, do us a massive favour, give us a five-star review wherever you can review us and share the links to the content on social media got any feedback comments or questions stick it in the comments below because we'd love to hear from you what adds to a game's weight in your opinion does a high component count always mean more complexity or is the opposite also true how do you scale your complexity through one to five what do you consider a level one complexity game what do you consider a level three complexity game what behemoths lurk on your shelves gathering dust because you are you can't find enough willing participants or indeed victims willing to sit through two hours of teaching time. This is my job. This is my <laughs> What games are you scared of? Uh, which ones make you question your manhood? Uh, thanks for listening and we'll catch you again real soon. Well, that's me, Bamboozled. I think I can manage a game with Snap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, paper, rock, scissors, anybody?